0: Hi, guys. Welcome back to the Big Ten Powerhouse podcast here. Um, This is podcast number, I want to say, 11 or 12. Um, But anyway, we are moving through our season preview series here. We're doing two teams for each podcast. We're working down through the uh, conference win totals over the last five years um, from quote-unquote worst to the best. Um, started with Penn State and Rutgers. Um, today we have Michigan and Michigan State. Um, the Mitten State here is going to be highly represented today. Um, we also have a great guest on with us here, um, Mike Wilson from Scout. Um, Mike, do you want to introduce yourself real quick?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. Like you said, my name is Mike Wilson. I work for Scout. dot com. I'm covering Michigan State, We're doing that about a year and a half now. Before that, I worked for. Uh, the only colors, the, the SB Nation blog for Michigan State, and love doing that. Got me a good start. Um, yeah, so that's about it. And Twitter handles Mike W. Scout if you need to find me there. And yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, Mike. Before we get going, uh, how's the excitement over in uh, East Lansing for this weekend with Ohio State?
1: Oh man, let's just put it this way: I wish there weren't two exhibition basketball games this week. But I got plenty on my plate as it is with this football game. So things are, <laughs> it, it, it's an interesting one because it was that game that was filled up before the season and, you know, it looked like it might lose some luster without Braxton Miller, but it is the exact game that everyone expected it to be heading in. So it should be exciting. Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, it uh, looks good on paper, that's for sure. Um, obviously some big implications for the the Big Ten uh, football scene. But, uh, yeah, why don't, why don't we get rolling here on some uh, – basketball-related topics, um, talk some Michigan State here. Um, first, before we get rolling, um, what are your uh, general thoughts, expectations, um, feelings coming into this year? What's the average Michigan fan State Michigan State fan thinking?
1: It's, it's an interesting team, and I think that's the only way anyone can look at it. Um, it lost a tremendous amount from last year when you're talking elite talent, when you look at a guy like Adrian Payne and Gary Harris. You lost an important piece in a Keith Appling. And then you also lost Russell Byrd to transfer, Kenny Kaminsky to dismissal, and uh, Alex Gauna to just kind of hanging it up. So there's a lot of pieces. It's, it's a very different locker room than it was last year. You know, they've got their core with Brandon Dawson, Denzel Valentine, um, and then, um, I'm blanking on the third, Travis Trice. So they've got those three guys, and it's kind of who's going to be the pieces around them to step on.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, from from my end, I, I I think one of the biggest stories is definitely gonna be replacing those guys from last year. Um, a lot of talent, but uh, definitely some pieces um, there. Uh, moving into more of the dynamics of the team here um, in the backcourt. Um, obviously, losing Gary Harris and Keith Appling, um, two of the bigger players over the last at least two to four years um, in East Lansing. How do you you see the Spartans looking in the backcourt this year?
1: Um, I think the backcourt is where they're going to be the most pleased with what they have, but they also know that it might take the most work. Um, You know, you're going to see Travis Trice start back there. You're going to see Denzel Valentine start back there. And then the other – they're probably going to go three guards for the most part, and it's going to be who's that third guy. Um, It's either going to be sophomore Alvin Ellis or junior transfer uh, Bryn Forbes. Or then there's true freshman Javon Best is out injured right now. And I think the real question mark there is which one of those three is going to step in because Forbes and Ellis both struggled defensively um, in their exhibition on Monday. And that was kind of the, the big one after the game. Izzo even joked about, you know, I'm going to put them one on one with my 88 year old mo- mother to see if they can guard her, <laughs> her just because he wants to see them check someone. And, you know, Izzo's a coach that wants to see some defense out of his team. So I think they like the backcourt and the scoring potential. You know, Forbes is a heck of a shooter. Trice can shoot the ball, and he's bulked up, and so he's going to run it well. And heck, Denzel Valentine at six of nine threes on Monday, so his shot looks a whole lot better too. See? So I think they like the scoring potential, but you've got to wonder, all right, well, who's going to step up and be able to play some defense?
0: Yeah, um, and we'll get into some of the newcomers in a, in a little bit here. But um, um, talking about Denzel Valentine, um, I, I mean, from the outside, he just – he he looks like one of the most diverse players you'll see on a basketball court. It seems like he can do almost everything. Um, first, you think that's a, that's a true statement. And um, do you think he can kind of turn from like being pretty good in everything to really good in everything? Um, how do you see him looking for this year? He's
1: a, he's a very interesting player in the sense of he's been talked about for his passing ability since he came in, his shots been up mm-hmm. and down. Um, he kind of came out of that late last year. He has kind of two spots: the opposite, the, the sideline corners, baseline corners. He's really good from there. Um, he started showing a quicker release, more consistent shot on Monday. So if he can develop that part of his game, I think that opens up more of the passing opportunity for him. Um, I think turnovers are an area where he has to cut down. Just kind of the ones where the ball sails in the 15th row of, of the, the the arena <laughs> just because he thought it was creative and it wasn't. So he's a player that just needs consistency, but I do think he can take a jump this year. And the reality is, he has to.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're definitely going to be looking towards him. Um, very, very diverse player. Um, yeah, moving moving down a little bit more towards the wings. Um, I, you kind of talked about him a little bit, but um, feel free to include you know stretch fours or anything you want in this area. But uh, how do you how do you see the wing looking for the Spartans?
1: I mean, obviously Brandon Dawson's the guy that's there, and yet he's, he's, a, he's a four for the most part. But he's a guy who can play out near the perimeter, not necessarily shoot it from there, but play out near it. Um, but again, yeah, the question's kind of that third guard. Um, Valentine's the biggest of the group, but who's going to be that, that best um, Ellis Forbes kind of guy who's going to get in there? But I, I do think that obviously Dawson's kind of the guy that you're looking at when you see this team is. He's the most athletic, probably the best NBA prospect. Um, and, heck, mm-hmm. if he didn't, doesn't come back for his senior year, this team, yeah, they'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs>
0: um, talking about Dawson for a second, um,
1: seems like he's –
0: almost everyone, I think, unanimously thinks that he's a really good player. But um, a lot of people seem mixed on how good he can be, especially without you know some of those creators like Keith Appling from last year. Maybe pain to take some of the pressure off of him uh first off do you do you think he has some sort of ceiling due to the absence of a guy like Appling? and second, do you think he can live up to what some people are describing as an all american type of hype um so yeah, what are your thoughts on that
1: It's funny because the first thing I thought when I looked at Brandon Dawson GoPro or come back to school last year was I thought Gopro. And my reasoning on that was exactly what you kind of said. Without the pieces around him, like an Adrian Payne, a Keith Alpley, and a Gary Harris, Brandon Dawson is the number one player on a team, and I wasn't sure that he has the ability to be that player. So I, I am with you on that. It's going to be interesting to see if he can do that. Part of that is going to be, can he create his own shot? Can he knock down 15, 17-foot jumpers? If he can do that, it's less of an issue. But if he's reliant upon pick-and-roll type games, and getting offensive rebounds and scoring, he's not going to be as much of a, a high-caliber, All-Big Ten, All-American type player. Okay, yeah. It,
0: it's definitely one of the more interesting things. I think I have him on my whole Big Ten team, but uh, I think he's still going to be able to get there, even if it's just, you know, getting more shot attempts. But, uh, yeah, it's it, he's one of the more interesting ones just because the piece is rotating um, around him but uh and moving down more towards the, uh, the front court and some of the big men. Um, as you mentioned, you know, to start out, uh, the podcast here today, a lot of departures and, uh, most notably, definitely Adrian Payne. Um, who do you, first off, who do you see stepping in? Um, do you think the depth is there? And, uh, kind of something I've been wondering about is, um, looks like there's like two or three legitimate options, uh, what do you think MSU does in that quote-unquote emergency situation where um, several guys are in deep foul trouble or foul out? Um, yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, you hit the nail on the head of probably Tommy, the biggest fear on this team is Matt Cassello and Gavin Schilling with four fouls with eight minutes left in a game. That's, that's a nightmarish situation, I think, for Michigan State. Um, both those guys are, are going to be relied upon to fill Adrian Payne's shoes. Um, first and foremost, Costello, and I think he's a guy that. And he talked about it last week with me a bit. Realizing the moment they lost last year, he is the guy. There's no Adrian Payne. Then he's second fiddle. He it's he's the guy and has to be that. So what he can do is going to be key. Uh, Gavin Schilling off the bench is going to be key. And to me, the, the five spot is Michigan take key is the best this year. However, well or poorly those guys do is going to dictate a lot on this team. Because if Brandon Dawson has to be constantly in the post being the primary rebounder, it doesn't bode well for Michigan State to meet. So those two guys are key. Um, Colby Wallman is a walk-on who actually started on Monday, and he's the next guy off the bench. Then they've got a, a true freshman walk-on named Kenny Goins who might factor in that mix. He's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he's more of a four-body type.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, and, and just spinning a little bit off of that, um, Obviously, we talked about some of the concerns, but uh, what what do you think are some of the positives coming out of the the front court? Um, One of the the spots that at least pops out to me is uh, it seems like they're at least going to be pretty solid defensively, especially if Costello and Dawson start there. Um, Do you think they'll be able to hold their own, and uh, especially on the boards as well?
1: Um, Yeah, and and that's kind of been my view of this team. I think it's a fun one for Tom Izzo. I think it's a team that he can coach into a rebounding defensive and toughness team, which is literally what Time is all wants out of a team. So I think I think he wants to see it jump from Costello back to the defensive shot blocking presence he was his freshman year. Um he rebounded well early last year, not as well at the end. So those things are going to be pretty important for him to do well. Um Gavin Schilling to me last year was a little bit of a spastic player. He he you know, he had these moments of just Oh, uh, he might actually be a decent player, and then moments where it's just three fouls in a minute, um, not going up strong to the hoop, and he's a guy that that needs to be a force on the inside as well. As I kind of said, to take the pressure off Brandon Dawson.
0: Yeah, it'll be um, uh, it'll be it'll be an interesting uh, thing to watch. Um, how those guys still in there? Um, but yeah, uh, we've talked we've talked a lot about the guys leaving. But um, we haven't talked a ton about the guys who are coming in yet. Um, wh- what are your general thoughts on MSU's coming incoming uh, recruiting class, um, new transfers, new additions? Um, how do you see them fitting in? Who might pop out? Um, what your fans expect?
1: Um, well, when you look at the freshmen, the the guy who's going to be seen the most early is going to be uh, Tum Tumtum, Nern, there and um, because he is just fast, he, he's going to be the backup point guard. It looks like, oh. and he's just known for just being an absolute speed guy. So he, he'll he'll be seen, he'll be playing. Um, his high school teammate Marvin Clark played in the exhibition. I think if anyone gets red shirted there's potential of him, but that that will remain to be seen. Izzo has, has talked about him as the strongest player on his team. Like he's even stronger than Brandon Dawson, which is. Hmm crazy because Brandon Dawson's triceps are the size of my head. So <laughs> you, you've got yourself a pretty strong freshman. Um, and the word is that he's got a pretty darn good jump shot, too. And as a six seven four 4 kind of guy, that, that's an interesting element. But I think the, the jewel of the class with the way that they've seen it, and Tom Izzo called him the diamond in the rough, is Javon Best. And that is brutal for Michigan State that he got hurt. Because there was a lot of talk that, that he was leading uh, the competition to be the third starting guard. So to lose him kind of in a week where he was going to get a chance to show what he could do hurt Michigan State. But I think they've got some nice pieces in the freshman to complement what they already have.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's that's interesting to um, have you bring up because I was actually going to ask about uh, Jalen Beth. I know um, uh, a few other Big Ten schools were looking at him pretty hard, and a uh, few moved in, got him. And uh, I really like his game. I think he's a nice shot creator. I think he uh, – and I think he's one of those guys that really can develop into something special. Um, you know, maybe not the the instant, you know, Gary Harris type of recruit. But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that was that, that was disappointing to see him uh, go out. Um, do you know if there's any expectation when he might be back? Or
1: um, it's expected to be about a month, which means he'll miss kind of the rest of exhibition season, and basically the the month of November is where he's going to be out. So so that does hurt. Yeah.
0: Um all right. Yeah. I mean uh definitely some interesting pieces there uh to keep an eye on um during the coming year. Um in terms of the the team more generally, um if MSU is going to repeat and continue the uh what is it? How many years is it on now the iso NCAA streak? Um <laughs>
1: 14, 15, something in that range.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If they're going to if they're going to continue the streak, um Obviously, they're going to need some guys to step up. Uh, who who do you think is can be the X factor on this this MSU team?
1: When you talk X factor, I think the X factor has been and will continue to be Brandon Lawson. I think that was the case last year. He's just such a an athletic guy who can do so much for a team, and, and you saw that when he came back from his broken hand in the Big Ten tournament and the in the NCAA tournament. I think he averaged 16 and 9 ish for those final eight nine games, and that's just that, that's a pretty impressive stat line so he's kind of that guy that is going to dictate a lot about this team but then the next one to me as i kind of said earlier is how do gavin Shilling and matt costello do they need a five guy to be consistent not be in foul trouble they don't necessarily have to score a lot because the, the, the guards are going to do plenty of scoring but they need to be a good defensive and rebounding presence on the team
0: yeah yeah i definitely i i think for me i definitely agree with that second comment i think um I think how that center position performs is going to be just so vital for this team. Um, And, I mean, at least if they can hold their own defensively, that's a huge break. And hopefully, you know, the guards and wings can can finish off the job. But, uh, yeah, definitely um, Dawson's an interesting pick um, as well. But um, continuing on the more general team comments here, (laughs) um, what do you see as, first off, the, the greatest strength of this team? And second, the greatest weakness of this
1: team. Um, I, mean, I look at scoring right away as a strength for this team. Between Travis Trice and Bryn Forbes, you've got two pretty darn good shooters from the outside. You, you throw up what seems to be a pretty improved Denzel Valentine's jumper into the mix, and they've got potential to score. I mean, they put up 97 on Monday. An exhibition against a horribly undersized and undermatched team, but <laughs> 97 points is 97 points. <laughs> so that, that that that's where I think their strength is going to be is the ability to hit jumpers and knock them down. And I actually think that's an area they might be better at than they were last year. Because other than Gary Harris, um, once Keith Affleck got hurt, he wasn't the same shooter as he was early in the year. So uh, they didn't really have that jump shot presence last year. And I think they have more of it now. So that that's the strength. As, as for the weakness, um, yeah, it's the guards again. And I think it's defense. They they also struggled to guard on Monday and it was alarming. They really couldn't check anyone. weren't being physical. And I think how Bryn Forbes adapts is going to be key in that because you want his scoring presence on the floor, but you can't do that at the sacrifice of well, he gives up more points than he scores.
0: hmm. Um, yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. Uh, strength and weakness with the guards, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're um, kind of a
1: strength and a weakness at the same exact time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> always always fun, uh, the up and down ones. But uh yeah. Um moving in, um more towards the the prediction side of things here. Um do you have a bold prediction in terms of Michigan State this season? Oh man, a
1: bold prediction. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know if I have a bold prediction. It's I know that you and I have kind of talked about this on Twitter at some point. It's such an interesting Big Ten season in general because you see Wisconsin; it's clearly the cream of the crop, and then from two to six, it's kind of throw whoever you want in there in whatever order you want, and it's not a bad prediction. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I, I
1: do think that if if the the big men are, are good for Michigan State, that they are a second second third fourth best team in the conference. They're in the kind of that the top tier of that second tier. But yeah, I'm not sure. I, I have a bold prediction necessarily. I don't know if I've seen enough of the team to, to make one yet, and not feel like I'm going to sound like an idiot in two months. <laughs> well, that's all fun of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: yeah. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily have one. Um, same as you for Michigan State. I feel like it's a. Uh, it's just kind of a known. You don't know what to expect out of some of the guys, you know, if they can live up to the hype, this team can be really good. Um if they don't they can you know they might slide a little bit but uh I definitely think there's some core pieces there. But um moving moving into the the meat of the of the podcast here, um season predictions for Michigan State. Um big ten finish, um are they gonna make the postseason? What tournament, maybe how far? Um what do you see out of the
1: out of Michigan State this year? You know, I, I do see a tournament team. I I don't really see a way that they don't make the tournament. Um, I, I think I compared this team early to what, what Izzo had in, in 06, 07, um, when basically all he had was True Knightville. But this team to me is a lot like that, where it's kind of a question mark in a lot of places. But I don't know. I think they're a tournament team. I think they're, like I said, second, third. Big Ten kind of team, assuming the pieces come together nicely and, and they stay healthy. And as we all know, last year that was kind of an issue. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think you're looking at teams about 20 and 10. I think think they win most of the games they're supposed to. Uh, are they going to win the the games like at Michigan, those kind of games when they go on the road? Maybe not. I think it's. Uh, but I do think it's a tournament team, an NCAA tournament team.
0: Yeah, I definitely tend to agree. I think um, I have Michigan State sixth in the Big Ten. Um, and I am I still don't think I've made a prediction on how many Big Ten teams I think make the tournament. But I do think Michigan State makes it. So I guess I would uh, assume I think at least six do. But, uh, um, yeah, I, th- I think Michigan State, they're going to, um, I mean, maybe from what you said, maybe I'm a little bit off on this, but uh, I think they're going to primarily be a defensive team. I think they're going to rebound. um typical Tom middle style um but i i I think they're going to struggle to uh to maybe match up against some of those top teams like well i guess everybody's going to struggle against wisconsin but uh uh, maybe if you're michigan yeah maybe you're michigan ohio states um those types of teams but uh i do i do like this team um like i said i think i have dawson on my all big 10 team but uh yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those things, though, where they just struggle to have that top-end type of performances. Um, the guy who I look to might be able to change that is Valentine, um, like we talked about. I think he's a—he's uh, just so diverse. I mean, he can just do so many things. Um, not necessarily always consistently, but, uh, yeah, he's just a diverse player. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, NCAA tournament, um, maybe second weekend, Type of team? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, it's March Madness, but
1: <laughs> um, no kidding.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, before before I let you go here, um, do you have any final thoughts on Michigan State, um, the Big Ten? I mean, any any final thoughts before we wrap up here?
1: You know, I I, I like the fact that you have Michigan State six six tells me what I am excited about with the Big Ten this year. I like to talk about from two to six. There's question marks on every one of those teams. There's uncertainty around so many of those teams, and I think that makes for an exciting year. Last year there was a different level of talent, different level of team talent, and that made it interesting too. But this year, I don't know. it's got more of a dogfight to it, more of a who's going to emerge from that pack to it. And, and that's why you see such a variety of predictions in, in where teams are going to finish. So I'm looking forward to seeing how these teams do and who emerges. I'm looking forward to seeing Nebraska, seeing if they can – maintain what they started last year, because I love Tim Miles. That's probably my favorite coach out there. So, um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this conference and seeing what teams can do. I'm excited to see how a Michigan replaces a lot of scoring that was lost, see if Karis LeVert can, can be a, a number one guy there. And I think there's a mm. lot to like in this conference to the competitive nature that it's going to bring.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I think um, – I don't know if I've ever been this ex- – like generally – excited for just conference play. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, most fans are excited about their own team, you know, maybe watching some of the biggest games. But, you know, a random Tuesday Iowa and Nebraska game sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, it's just it's just the conference these days. But uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, here we go. It really is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Mike, thanks for coming on. Um, as a reminder to everyone uh, listening here, uh, Mike, Uh, He writes for Scout. You can check him out on Twitter. I think he said Mike W. Scout. That's correct. Okay, okay. I was just making sure. Um, Mike (laughs) W. (laughs) Scout on Twitter. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, Mike, thanks for coming on, and uh, look forward to an exciting season here.
1: Definitely, likewise.
0: (laughs) All right, guys. Um, We are going to uh, move on to our second team of the night here. Um we will be moving on to uh Michigan State's arch rival. <laughs> in, um uh the Michigan Wolverines um before we get rolling we ha- we will be having uh a couple other callers joining us here. Um but before we get going um one thing that just to talk about briefly um today we had our uh, official um Big Ten season preview post drop. Um, put a lot of work into that. Um, we had contributions from basically every team site on SB Nation. Um, although Mike, um, who was just on, did contribute to our MSU section. I encourage you to check that out if you're a Spartan fan. But um, yeah, we have breakdowns on pretty much every team, strength, weaknesses, kind of a similar layout. We've been going in the podcast, but uh, in written form, obviously. <laughs> um but uh yeah, I encourage everyone to check that out. Um really cool design. Uh definitely have to give a shout out to the uh the National Expedition guys who uh helped put that together, especially uh, Luke Zimmerman. Uh yeah, definitely a lot of hard work just in general from everyone. But yeah, um now we can get we can get into uh Michigan here. Um a preface before we get going. I am gonna a michigan alum so i'm going to be very biased during this section but um yeah just to uh just to let everyone know um i believe we have scott here scott can you hear me or not is this josh or alex (laughs) yeah alex is here oh okay okay sorry about that i had the wrong number i clicked um Alex, why don't, why don't you introduce
1: yourself uh, real quick here.
0: Uh, my name is Alex Cook. I'm a senior at U of M, big Michigan basketball fan, uh, and I write for mgoblog.com. Um, the role hasn't quite been defined yet, but I'll probably write quite a bit about the conference as a whole in addition to Michigan basketball. <laughs> yeah, uh, once again, uh, congratulations. Alex just moved into mgoblog, which is the, uh, I think you could say, the premier Michigan uh sports blog out there. Um I'd like to but uh so, yeah yeah, I mean they put out some great stuff there across the board. But um Alex before before we dive into Michigan here, um do you have any thoughts on MSU? Uh we just finished up with Mike. You know, I think it's just it's gonna be really tough for them to replace uh the stuff they lost. Um Payne and Harris were really good college players. Appling went healthy Um, he had a good senior year, the first half, I guess. Um, it's, uh, it's just kind of a question who's going to be the uh, go-to guy in offense. Can Valentine be a really high usage player? Um, is he going to have those old turnover issues creep up? Can Brandon Dawson create for himself or anybody else at all? Um, or is he just going to be an energy guy around the, you know, basket, a little bit of a post-up game mostly just a defense rebounding guy? Um, I don't I don't know, I'm not too high on Travis Price. We'll see if Tum Tum can come in there and uh give them some good minutes at the point guard spot. Um, Prim Forbes, obviously good shooter, don't know much more about him. Um little bit of lack of front court depth like Mike was talking about. But uh Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo is the reason why they're ranked <laughs> in the top twenty. Um but you could also say that uh in a lot of ways that's why people are high on Michigan is uh John Beeline. So think um mm-hmm. You got to give both coaches a lot of credit, and you know Michigan State don't look as great, like they don't look as great on paper as you would think. But um, yeah, Tom Izzo is going to get the most out of them in all likelihood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely um, some great coaches in the Big Ten. Tom Izzo obviously is uh, proving himself time and time again here. Um, all right, well before we go into Michigan, um, I think Josh is joining us here. Uh, Josh, can you hear us? Yep, I'm in. Okay, Josh, why yeah, don't
2: you introduce yourself uh, real quick? Yep, we can hear you. Sure. Um, <clears throat> so I'm Josh Stern. I'm a junior at the University of Michigan. Um, I, I wrote for B.T. Higher Powerhouse last year, and I'm, I'm writing for you guys this year. Um, I cover mostly Michigan. I do a little bit of recruiting, but I do mostly um, in-season stuff. Um, I don't know. I'm probably higher on most of Michigan, so I'm really excited to uh, talk about the team and who John Beeline has. But, um I don't know. Some of the other guys on this site think Michigan's not going to do as well, so I'm excited to get the ball rolling <laughs> on that.
0: Yeah, um, Josh, before we get going, any uh, any thoughts on Michigan State here? Uh, we just finished up talking about them.
2: Yeah, I heard <clears throat> a little bit um, of what Scott was talking about at the end. Um, like you said, having to replace Adrian Payne, Appling, guys like that. Um, I think Kenny Kaminsky is going to be a bigger loss than people think. Um, I think he was had the potential to be a really nice piece, obviously, got kicked off the team in an unfortunate situation. Um, I don't know. The question is, can Brandon Dawson be your best player? Is it going to be Travis Trace? Um, and do they have enough depth in the front court? I mean, they have guys, you know, that, that we know that can play, like Costello, um, like Alex Ghana, But do they have enough, you know, going forward where they can play nine or ten guys if guys get hurt like last year where they can really compete for a Big Ten title?
0: Okay. Yeah, some uh some interesting thoughts here. Um but yeah, let's let's jump into Michigan now. Um let's go around first. Any general thoughts about the team, expectations, uh hopes, dreams? <laughs> um, what are you thinking coming into this year? Uh Alex, we'll start with you. Um, as for hopes and dreams, you kinda of hope that they can keep the ball rolling. they have been a chem top ten team each of the last two seasons. Um went to the final four two years ago. Won the Big Ten going away, almost made the Final Four last year. So the hope is that you know you can kind of keep it up. Obviously Trey, uh, Trey Burke and Nick Stauskas. You don't have plenty of those guys, but you know Karras, Uh The hope is that he can be a Big Ten Player of the Year type guy. Um, but the big concern is the front court. Obviously you got the the back three guard spots uh, locked up, but at the four and five you're pretty much just playing all freshmen. So. I guess that's kind of the general feeling is that if the front court comes together, there's no telling how good this team could be, but that's obviously a huge question mark. Okay. Um, Josh, what are your thoughts coming into this year?
2: Um, Well, first, just to jump on Alex's point for one second, I think what you said is absolutely true. But as we saw last year, I mean, Michigan isn't looking for 20 points and 15 rebounds a game from their front court. Basically, you need the front court to kind of keep it steady, to kind of not make mistakes. You know, a guy like Jordan Morgan who would average maybe 8-6 and and just kind of play good defense. Obviously, I don't think any freshmen defensively are going to be like Jordan Morgan right away, but, you know, if you could get good production from Doyle and Denal right away, um, that would be awesome. Um, My big thing is going to be how the freshmen adjust early. The the early season schedule isn't too tough. I was taking a look. You know, there are obviously some tough games. They have to go to New York to play at the Legends Classic. Um, they have to go to Arizona, which is gonna be probably the hardest game of the season, maybe for any team in the entire country mm-hmm. um so if the freshmen can kinda of get adjusted ten games in twelve games in, then i think um I think we could have a great year but i I think it depends on um, on how fast they pick things up.
0: yeah, I definitely kind of agree i think I think this season overall it's uh it's kind of a you're expecting a step back, but, um, again, as Alex was talking about earlier, um, when you have John Beeline on your staff, you're kind of uh, hoping that he can kind of make up for some of those losses. But um, I think the the incoming freshmen are well-suited to replace a lot of the guys, but they're also just freshmen. Um, so there's obviously concern about whether they can do that. Um, I think you have a potential superstar type of player on your team, and Karis LaVert, you have – two guys who can be all-big ten players with Walton and um Irvin. But the thing is is behind those three there are a lot of questions. Um I think you have you there are options, but the thing is is uh the question is whether you think they're going to develop and I think ultimately that that that's your choice on how you're going to place Michigan and your expectations this year. But um yeah, all right. Well, why don't why don't we dive into some more of the X's and O's here, so to speak. Um, let's jump into the backcourt here. Uh, Alex, what do you expect out of the backcourt? Who's going to be your uh, big contributors? Um, maybe any depth pieces. Uh, what do you see back there? I mean, you look at Walton and Karis Levert, Derek Walton and Karis Levert, and that could be the best backcourt in the Big Ten. Um, Minnesota is up there. Indiana could be really good. Obviously, you can't count Wisconsin, but Walton was really good as a freshman. Um, I think he's in, in for a pretty big year. LaVal Jordan's point guard, uh, I mean, he's developed a lot of great ball screen guards, and I think Walton can finish well at the rim. He gets to the free throw line. He's a 40% three-point shooter. I think he has a lot of promise. And then, um, obviously, Kareth LeVert, you look at him as potentially the best NBA draft prospect in the conference. It's like six seven, really long, quick. Um, he has good defensive potential. He's kind of inconsistent in that regard right now because he's not as you know physically built as some other guys. But his handle is great for six seven. He has good passing vision, good shooter, can get to the rim. Um, so between those two, you're you really that's that's a lot and that's that's really good. Um, behind them, Spike Albrecht. Obviously, he scored you know, 17, was it 17 points in the national championship game that one time, <laughs> but he's definitely a solid backup in any case. Can't really guard anybody, but runs the offense well, good shooter. Um, and then you're kind of looking at some freshmen potentially in the backcourt. Um, Hamad Ali, abdul uh an older freshman, he could uh, potentially play behind Terrace, but... Deline likes um, especially for his guards to play him as much as they can handle and, you know, thirty seven, thirty eight minutes. So um I think Walton and Karis and then Spike are pretty much your rotation in, in the backcourt, uh, for the most part. Yeah. Uh Josh, how do you see things back there?
2: Um, I pretty much agree. Yeah, I think you got the nail on the head. You obviously have the three key returners who all have played, you know, huge minutes and in, in really important games. Um, I'm a little bit higher on Abdura Khan than you are. I think at six four, um, he's a combo guard, he's he's really good at getting to the rim, he's a really good defender. You know, Beline Blan likes to keep his cards kind of close to the chest, but he's been really, really high on this kid throughout preseason and on the Italy trip. Um, and then the other thing with, with Abdura Khan is you can maybe see him at the three because let's say um some of the other freshmen like let's say Cameron Chapman isn't developing as well as you'd like him to, and you kind of go with a smaller lineup. I mean, you know what you're getting out of Spike and Karras and Walton, so maybe he kind of mixes it up and goes to that, to a little bit of a smaller a smaller lineup, so you get guys like Abdurakam and Spike and either Karras or or, or Walton all in the game together.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree, um, and also, as, as I talk, just as an FYI, I refer to uh, Muhammad Ali, Abdurakman as uh, Mar, just because it's a little easier. A little easier. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He has a uh, mouthful for his name, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, I think Levert is obviously the key piece here um, in the backcourt. I have him picked as Big Ten Player of the Year, so obviously, uh, at least for me, I view him extremely highly. I think he's uh, one of the most diverse players I've seen in the fact that he can literally do basically everything. Um, he can block shots, he can rebound, he can pass the ball, he can score, he can get to the hoop. That, that, I'm not necessarily saying he's perfect at every one of those, but he can do it all, um, how he continues to develop. He's still pretty small, and uh, one of the things a lot of people don't know who haven't followed Michigan and Michigan's recruiting is he's actually almost like a year younger than your typical uh, what is he, a junior, um, which is something to keep in mind when – especially as people talk about NBA hype um, because he is a little bit younger than your typical player at that age, which is obviously going to attract more attention. But uh, moving on from him, Walton, obviously a proven player. Um, A lot of people seem to have high hopes for him this year. Um, I'm not quite sure he's going to take that huge step forward, but he already was pretty good. So, um, I think this is the best backcourt in the Big Ten. I think you have two really quality starters right there that are going to just feed off of each other. Um, behind them, you guys have already talked about it, Spike. Um, uh, Alex mentioned the national championship game. Uh, obviously, that's his most uh, popular moment. <laughs> but one one thing that I will also throw in there is uh, Walton had to sit out a game last year against Iowa at home last year. Uh, Spike came in and performed very well as the starter. Um, So as much as people might want to knock down Spike, he's proven he can beat an NCAA tournament team uh, as a starter. You can get into how much he did, but uh, he's done it. So I I think you have three really good players there. Um, As far as Mar goes, I'm with Josh. I really really like him. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to be, you know, all big ten freshmen or something like that. But uh I think he's gonna be a nice slasher and I think he's gonna he's gonna get to the hoop pretty well. Um obviously minutes are gonna be limited just in the fact that you have three really good guys already, but uh yeah, I think there's a lot of talent back there and I think there are a lot of nice pieces to rotate in. But um moving on down to the wing here, um uh, Alex, how do you how do you see the wing being for Michigan? Uh feel free to include fours if you want. Yeah, I mean I feel like I have to include fours just because of the, you know, <laughs> patented D line system. He always has a stretch four which um it's worked out well for Michigan. The spacing and the cutting is as good as anybody. Um so yeah, you go with uh it looks like Cam Chapman at the four this year, Zach Irvin at the three. That's kind of what everybody's projecting. Um Zach yeah. Irvin is It's interesting he was a five star he had a limited role last year but he was really successful in that role which was basically just to shoot the ball whenever he touched it um (laughs) didn't take good shots but he hit them at a good enough rate that it didn't matter um he was i think second on the team in points per 40 minutes so you know you you give him the minutes vacated by nick stauskas and he, he gets a lot of comparisons to Stauskas because they both shot the ball well, but he can't, he can't do the things that Stauskas does in terms of creating with the ball in his hands, getting to the rim, that sort of thing. But he doesn't really need to with Karras uh, and Walton as the primary ball handlers. I think he's going to shoot a ton of threes. I think he's going to make them, you know, 40%, um, be in contention for, like, second team all Big Ten, maybe third team all Big Ten. But it's going to be uh, – going to be interesting to see how much he's expanded this game. Um, the freshman, the sophomore leap is usually pretty big for people but we don't know how much he's going to expand from just being a, a spot-up shooter. Um, and Then you got Aubrey Dawkins who backs him up at the three and potentially the four. Um, another one of those freshmen that kind of came in late along with Mar. Um, great athlete. Supposedly can shoot the ball so we'll see how much he can contribute off the bench. Uh at the four, Cam Chapman, um obviously great recruit, fringe five star, kind of can do a little bit of everything. I think um you can you can project him to be about as good as Glenn Robinson was as a freshman, I think that's a pretty safe bet. It's uh it's a little hard to say what kind of style he'll play in college 'cause he was kind of known as a jack of all trades player in high school good rebounder, good passer can kind of create a little bit, but at the four and with so many other guys who can create with the ball in their hands, it's going to be interesting to see how much he's allowed or willing to do. Um, but I think he'll be potentially a better defender than Glenn was as a freshman. So that will be, uh, interesting. And then DJ Wilson stretch four, potentially could play some five, uh, very tall, long, good shooter, potentially a good shot blocker, which is something Michigan normally doesn't have. Um, yeah, I think that's about the uh Alec on the wings. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh, uh how do you how do you see
2: things on the wing? Yeah, I mean I think Alice again pretty much got it. Um the nice thing I really like about this wing core is that everyone kind of does something a little bit different. I mean Chapman is more of like a de facto point guard if need be where, you know, if B-Lon wants him to run the offense. Much how Nick Souskis did it last year, where Souskis would stay at the top of the key and kind of orchestrate and move the ball around and stuff of that nature. Chapman can do that. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Kyle Anderson last year at UCLA, where he's not the most explosive guy. He's not the best athlete, but he just kind of figures out ways to score and knows how to play the game below the rim, I think, really well. So I think he'll be a nice piece. Um, And then Irvin making the leap. I saw some of his highlights from Italy. It just looks like he had all the tools last year, but, but like Alex was saying, there were just so many pieces around him where he didn't necessarily have to do so much but I think you'll definitely see him as making a huge leap. I think, arguably, he could be the leading scorer and not LaVert. because LaVert is looking to kind of maybe be in that point guard role as well and move the ball around and, and getting rebounds. Um, and then off the bench, again, like Marr, another late signee, but I love Aubrey Dawkins. I think he can beat Glenn Robinson, but even more talented. I think he's a better shooter. I think he'll be a better defender. Um, I don't know. I just think he plays the game the right way. I think Glenn Robinson, his shot kind of was – was the problem, but I like the way that Aubrey Dawkins plays the game more than Robinson. Um and then DJ Wilson. Thomas and I were talking about this before. I think we're both really high in Wilson too. Um he had a setback because of the Italy trip. But um but we'll see kinda of what he can give Michigan. And and the nice thing too, Alex, like you said he's tall, he's six nine. So if Michigan can kinda of have a wing type of offensive player, but almost a big type of defensive player. It'll give him a ton of versatility. So just something to look to to see if Elon will kinda of tinker his rotations in that regard.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah um, def- it's almost like Evan oh, Smotrich. I thought. Sorry for
1: interjecting, but yeah with oh,
0: um, with Beeline this is the first time since Smotrich said he's had a, a true stretch four that really isn't just a three playing out of position DJ Wilson. So definitely agree. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I had a um a good friend go to their uh their practice today. Unfortunately I uh I couldn't make it. But um and uh another guy also he, I, tr- I trust his uh, opinion on this stuff, but uh, he was just raving about DJ Wilson. Um, he pretty much, kind of the thoughts coming in, really raw, but like just he, as Beeline and the staff are, have talked about, um, they're having trouble putting him in a position, and I think it's just because like, he can just play at so many different spots. I mean, he's... Uh, what do they have him listed at? Like 6'9", six, 6'10"? Six, um Seems like he grows every other Mm -hmm. Yeah, every other week it seems like he's getting bigger. But um yeah, he uh he is Yeah, yeah, and he's got the uh the awesome fro going now. But um yeah, I uh he he's so interesting because it's like if he develops he could be an absolute monster. He he literally you know, everything I was talking about Karis LeVert could almost apply to DJ Wilson, but um he's bigger. <laughs> but, uh, obviously, he has to he has to prove himself just a freshman. Um, it seems like he's going to be more of the bench guy, but uh yeah, I mean, he's going to be he's going to be really interesting to watch. But um, not just talking about him. <laughs> um, Zach Irving, uh I I I think he's going to take the next step forward. Um, I think he's going to start at the small forward spot. Um I think he's going to be a scoring machine. Um I still I'm not a big fan of him on defense, um, as I think most people would agree. But um, I think he's just going to score so much that it's not really going to matter. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, who am I forgetting? Oh, obviously, uh, Cam Chapman, arguably the best incoming recruit, a um, lot of talent. He I, I like the comparison from uh, was it Alex or uh, I don't know. You both kind of talked about the GR3 thing, but uh definitely think he plays differently but uh i kind of i kind of figure he's going to kind of contribute similarly in year one um yeah and dawkins uh i don't think i'm quite as high on him as josh is but um yeah he's a he's a fun piece a late pickup and uh it seems like he's definitely more athletic than i first thought um can shoot it can uh get up there on the wing but uh yeah, a lot of a lot of pieces. Um, again, I think the general theme is outside of the backcourt is there's talent, there's a lot of different options, but uh not necessarily all proven. <laughs> um, but yeah, why don't with that, why don't we move into the uh the front court here, which uh I think Alex touched on it at the beginning, is the biggest question mark of this team. Um, Alex, why don't you why don't you jump right into it? Um as Josh mentioned at the beginning, I don't think production is the most important thing. Um, Michigan kind of rebounds defensively by committee, doesn't really crash the glass on offense. Dylan prefers to get back in transition. We don't need the the fives to score much, but we need them to set good screens, move well in the offense, um, especially in the pick-and-roll game and uh, a little bit of the off-ball screening. For some of the motion, but the offense looked so crisp near the end of last year. A lot of a lot of the reason was because of Jordan Morgan, very mobile, great screener, um, and then defense. Defense is the biggest question. Not necessarily just okay, can these guys hold up on the block, but can they work in a pick and roll scheme? Can they you know do the right thing on defense? It's uh, it's going to be a big question mark, and it's going to be rough, I think, throughout the non-conference season. But once we get into conference play, then uh, Hopefully it's a little bit better, but it, it reminds me a lot of 2011 when we had, what, two two freshmen and a redshirt freshman, kind of like we do now. Obviously there's Max Gielfeldt in there, but I don't know if he's going to mm-hmm. contribute meaningful minutes. Um, 2011 we had Jordan Morgan as the redshirt freshman. This year we have Mark Donnell. Uh 2011 we had Horford as the true freshman. This year we have Ricky Doyle and then uh, D.J. Wilson kind of as the stretch fours. He could play a little bit of five. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the minutes shake out. It's kind of been positive that Doyle's more of a bruiser. Donald's more of a stretch big. And potentially, Wilson could be the best defender of the three. So I have no idea how it's going to shake out minutes-wise. I don't. I think it's hard to tell. It's hard to read the tea leaves from Italy and the practices and everything. But um, ideally, Donald takes the spot because he's had another year in the program and can redshirt and hopefully knows the offense a little better. But yeah, right now my guess is as good as anybody's for how it's gonna shake out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Josh, how do you how do you see it?
2: Well, I think for now, I mean, Donald kind of pegs into that spot. I kind of see. You know when when line wasn't able to recruit as great talent on those when he was at West Virginia and he had a guy like Kevin Pittsnoggle who could just kind of step out and, and shoot the lights out and This is the first time uh in the last couple of years that you've seen Michigan where really all four players on the floor have you know range out to three can kind of space the floor if you've guys if you've got guys like Lavert and Walton that are gonna flash and attack instead of having a big kind of in the way then it kind of spaces the floor and it makes. It makes the big guy come out. Um, so I think that in, in that regard, I think Denau could be good. Um, like Alex was saying, I mean, Doyle's going to be a bruiser. Beeline is saying that he's developed a little bit of a jump shot. Who knows how, how accurate that is. Um, but he'll be a big body. Um, and then I don't know about Max Bielefeld. Obviously, he's the lone senior on the team. I remember Beeline uh, giving some interview where he said that Bielefeld was unstoppable at some point. But... didn't end up playing last season much, so I don't really know where that quote came from. But um, So, yeah, I don't think you'll be seeing much from BLF. And like Alex said as well, I think in a bind, maybe you'll see DJ Wilson moved up to the five. Um, But right now I think you're looking for, you know, 10 points, 10 rebounds, and and they have 10 fouls. And I think you're just going to kind of see rotation in that regard. And I think it will be game by game whether, you know, if Denal's having a great game or Doyle's having a great game, then B-line will play him 25, 27 minutes play the other guy less just depending on that
0: yeah yeah i definitely agree um i think this is the uh the biggest question mark of this team um but there are there are definitely options um i really like doyle um i think uh I, i i just i worry about him offensively especially early um you know running the pick and roll and getting into position defensively but uh he, I think he's got the body and I definitely think he's going to be a pretty good, uh, center down the line. I just, I think he has that body and he can hit the boards hard enough, but, uh, yeah, Donald, he's going to be, um, he, he's the wild card in this, of this team. I think, uh, you know, I talked about Wilson as, you know, potentially, uh, pretty diverse and can fit in in a lot of ways, but, uh, if Donald can be pretty good, um, Michigan could be a really good team. <laughs> a lot, it's just a lot on him. Um, I think from what from what I have seen of him, um, I really like him offensively. I really do, and I think when he's in the game, Michigan is just going to pick and roll other teams to death. But um, defensively, I think it's going to be an issue, and on the boards, I think it will be an issue. Um, I just I struggle to see how they're going to defend the paint. Um, I know Michigan hasn't been great defensively, but typically they've at least been all right. And Jordan Morgan was a pretty good defender. But, uh, yeah, I guess uh, the other guy I'm forgetting here is uh, Max Biefeld. Um, I think he's just going to be a a depth guy. Um, uh, You don't really expect much more out of a guy once he hits his senior year. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe he can improve a little bit, um, get a little better on defense and manage those – those uh bench minutes but uh i think it's going to be uh, you know as alex said uh a growing position and kind of see how it takes off um as the year goes on but uh yeah um moving moving away from you know the general team things here um we've talked about some of the guys coming back like karis Levert and Derek walden um and we've touched on them somewhat but uh the incoming recruits um there's obviously a bunch of them. Um, how do you see them fitting in? Who do you think are the guys to watch? Um, maybe any any interesting notes here that we haven't talked about. Uh, Alex, we'll go to you first. As for the freshman, um, Cam Chapman, I think you can pretty much pencil him in for at least 25 minutes a game. He's going to play a ton. Um most highly rated recruit. Uh, then you look at D.J. Wilson, who... Committed to Michigan, blew up a little bit after that, and kind of settled in pretty decent four star um, with the broken finger before the Italy trip. We haven't really seen much of him. I don't know how he fits in the mix at the four and five, but he will play, I'm sure. Um, And then it's, you know, it's kind of up in the air. Doyle, uh, true freshman, physically ready, it seems like, so that's, that's nice. But he might start at the five, might be in a platoon with Donald. Donald might take. Majority of the minutes there, so it's kind of hard to tell. And then with the two wing guys, they were both really late ads. And E line's gotten a lot of credit for his recruiting late in the cycle. And a few of those guys haven't panned out, but then you know, sometimes you get a Terrace Levert who becomes potentially a first round draft pick. So, um, Marr, I really like his game. I think Michigan needs a guard who really can get to the rim and to the free throw line. Um, That was something that we did have last year, haven't had as much in other B-line years. Um, And then for Dawkins, transition guy, hopefully can hit some threes and be kind of a 3 and D type player. But um, both of those guys are kind of hard to project. So,
2: yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the freshman.
0: Um, Josh, how do you see it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Alex did – Pretty good job. Um, the, the only other there are two other freshmen that um, that probably won't be seeing the court too much, but I just wanted to bring up, um, you know, a guy like Austin Hatch, um, who probably I mean he'll be playing garbage minutes this year, but went through two plane crashes lost basically his entire family. Um, Michigan honored the scholarship, which I think is amazing. G line, I think he was the uh, Hatch was the first recruit in the class. Um, I don't know. I just think if when if, if and when Hatch takes the floor for the first time, I think it'll be a Really emotional, but a really amazing uh, type of experience at Chrysler for Michigan and for the fans. Um, and then the other guy, another guy who probably, definitely won't play this year, but maybe next year could be a contributor, someone like Duncan Robinson, Um, guy who played his first year at Williams, um, sprouted from 5'9", all the way now up to 6'8". He could end up being 6'9", or 6'10", I don't even know if he's still growing, in a year or two. <laughs> Um, I think you mentioned this before, like a cassette type player, a great shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of those guys that's at that d just kind of finds under the radar. Um, if he bulks up, I mean, he could be a great fit at the three, at the four, at one of those wing positions, maybe even at the two if you want to go really big. Um, so just little things that John d does, obviously, besides for guys like Chapman and Wilson and, and, and important pieces, but just d looking for next year. And I don't know, I, I think that's what makes him year in and year out one of the best coaches in the entire country.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, I think you guys did a pretty good job covering the recruiting class in whole. Um, I, I express my thoughts on almost everyone, but the one guy that I am insanely high on probably too high <laughs> is uh, Duncan Robinson. As you talked about, I, I just, I think this guy is going to be the real deal. Um, I think uh, obviously he, he can't play this year, um, which should be noted, but um elite outside shooter. He can handle the ball. He can use screens. I And he's big, too. I mean, I just... Quick release, like, I... He just literally reminds me of Stauskas so much. And I think, um... Given a year, not only to learn the system, but uh, also to go through Camp Sanderson, um, bulk up, get more athletic, I think he's really going to step right in. Um, I... I could see him, like, as you mentioned, I could see him at the two. They'll probably play him at the three, but, um, I think he's going to be big. Um, obviously not that relevant to this year, but, um, the one, the one thing I will note though, that, uh, this probably isn't super valuable, (laughs) but, um, I think even just having a guy like that on your scout team is, is big. Um, just to practice closing out on an elite shooter like that, I think will be, uh, useful for the guys, but, um, yeah, all right. Well, uh moving moving more back towards the uh the team as a whole. Um who do you guys see uh we've talked about, you know, some guys need to step up this year. Uh who do you see as the X factor for this season? And uh you're free to define that any way you would like. Um Alex, we'll uh we'll jump to you first. Um uh, I think for me, X factor you define it as, you know, what is the most important kind of I mean, not immediately recognizable, important position or player. And you got to look at the centers. Um, If they're bad, Michigan's uh, middle-of-the-road Big Ten team. If they're good, uh, Michigan's, you know, right in there in the top four. And if they really exceed expectations, this team could be really, really good. So Donald Doyle, maybe Beelfeld, maybe Wilson, how well those guys play will will pretty much determine what Michigan's
2: ceiling and what their floor is this year.
0: Alright. Um Josh, how do you see it?
2: Yeah, I mean I definitely agree with that. But for me I think it has to be Karis LeBert. Uh, Michigan last year preseason was ranked number seven and the main reason for that was because Mitch McGarry was the preseason all American and there was all this hype that he was a, a twenty and ten guy. And so when McGarry kinda went down, Michigan was still I mean, Stauskas kind of took the reins, but they were still kind of looking for that guy to be a a game-changer, to be one of the best 10 or 15 players in the country, and Stauskas definitely became that. So the question is, can LaVert both offensively and defensively take the next leap? You know, he had his leap from freshman to sophomore year where he became one of the the best players on the team, but can he become the best player? But leadership-wise, scoring-wise, everything, I I think if LaVert makes that type of leap, even if the centers aren't great, as Alex mentioned, I think Michigan could be a really good team.
0: Yeah, those are, uh, interesting selections. Um, I'll just, I'll just preface by saying, uh, I, I agree with Alex here. I think the, uh, the centers are the X factor, but I'm going to talk about something else just to make it uh, a little more interesting here. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to take Zach Irvin here. Um, everybody, uh, just to play devil's advocate. Uh, as I said, I think he's going to be a, a scoring machine, but, uh, you know, everybody's penciling in him in as a as a big player, or at least a lot of people are. He still does, though. He has to prove himself. You know that he can play starters' minutes consistently, that he can at least do something on the boards and perform on the defensive end of the court. Um, granted, again, he's even for his harshest critics, he's still a good shooter and he'll still be able to get to the hoop somewhat, but. Um, yeah, I think I think he's a he's another guy to watch um if you're not looking at the uh the front court for this um he's another piece that could be pretty important um to how the team develops this year. But um yeah, moving moving more towards the team in general, um from the the X factor uh for our last question. Um what do you see as the greatest strength of this team and the greatest weakness? Um Alex, we'll go to you first. Um It might be a little too reductive to say this, but I think greatest strength is offense, greatest weakness is defense. Um, That -hmm. was the case last year. Michigan had the best offense of the Kempom era, you know, the last decade or so. Um, (laughs) And one of the worst defenses in the Big Ten. I think both of those will regress to the mean a little bit. But still, um, Karras, Walton, Irvin, that's, that's a lot of scoring punch. B-Line is one of the best X's and O's guys in terms of offense in the country. And Michigan hasn't had that great of defenses since he's been here. Um, Last year it was really bad. We have some young big guys. uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to challenge shots at the rim. I don't know how well Michigan will clean the defensive glass. So, yeah, greatest strength is offense, greatest weakness is defense. Uh, Josh, how do you see it? gosh, do we still have you? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh. sorry. Oh, okay. Um, yeah,
2: greatest strength,
0: greatest weakness. <laughs>
2: so I think I think sorry, I think the greatest strength is still um is is offense, but I think more specifically shooting. I was talking about this before, but um you know the fact that Michigan will have five true if Denal if Donnell starts five true shooters on the floor, um, which they haven't had in a while Um, even if Wilson plays at the five. I don't know. I just think that that shooting has been such a huge key for Michigan, three-pointers-wise, for the last couple years, that I don't see that declining at all. Um, And then the biggest weakness, I would say, is youth and uncertainty. I mean, you know what you're getting in the backcourt. You have Lavert, you have Albrecht, you have Walton, you have Urban, if you're going to include Urban with the backcourt as threes. But then there's a bunch of freshmen, guys that have never played a collegiate game before that you don't really know what you're going to get. So the biggest question is how has Beeline manage that? How does he temper? How does he manage players that have never played that that maybe you know have trouble in the spotlight and um, and how does he get the most out of each player? Because he's been really good at that. But this, I think, freshman-wise, is a bigger challenge than he's had in a, in a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you. I think you both bring up uh, some good points. Um, I'm kind of. I, I hate to do this, but. Uh, I'm I'm with Alex. I think uh, I just think the offense in general. Um, I know that's super uh, nondescriptive, but uh, I, you know, I uh, I did a podcast last year um, before that the Sweet 16 when uh, Michigan played Tennessee, and um, they asked, you know, what what do you do to stop Michigan's offense? And I I remember like saying that I almost just started laughing because. Uh, I, I don't, I don't even know what to say on how you stop it other than hopefully, you know, you could slow down one of the two big guys. And the thing is, is it's just so diverse and there's so many weapons coming at you that they're really, it, you can't pin it down. You know, a lot of people like to say Michigan lives and dies by the three, but it's so far from the truth anymore. You know, maybe that was true year one or two under B but this is a full fledged offense. Um, it's like, I, you know, I always compare them. Um, I, I always say this, that Michigan basketball is literally like Oregon football in the fact that the offense is just unbelievable. And no matter how good your defense is, you're still going to give up points. You're still going to give up yards. And uh, I think the offense is just once again going to be top-notch. Uh, you know, I, some of the things Josh said about the shooting. But uh, on the flip side, I think uh, – um i don't want to just say defense so uh i'll i'll be a little more specific <laughs> but uh i think the interior defense is going to be a big concern um you know maybe maybe donald can get down there and maybe he's a little more physical than we're anticipating but i i struggle to see how he's gonna you know really hold up against those big big men you know the big 10 is a little down in the front court this year but uh I mean, when he's going to have to face off against the Hammonds, the Kaminsky, you know, Aaron White, um, Woodbury, those types of guys, it's going to be a big
2: challenge.
0: I mean, anyone in Arizona, too. Yeah. Arizona's bench. Um, (laughs) But, but, uh, yeah, I I think that's just going to be a big big, um, hill to climb. And um, you know, again, may, maybe Doyle can come in there and do something, you know, maybe Wilson's that X factor that can give them, you know, that shot blocker that uh, Alex was talking about. But I I think they're gonna give up a lot of points inside. Um you know, I think they're gonna make up a lot of it on the offensive end, but that that's what I would highlight as my, my weakness for this team. But uh before before we uh jump into our uh our predictions for Michigan, um do you guys have any bold predictions about this team? Um, one thing that you – it's kind of against the grain, I guess. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Um, I don't know how bold this is, but I think Karis Levert is going to be a lottery pick in the NBA draft next year. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, definitely a, a big uh, big prediction. Um Josh, what uh, what is your bold prediction, if you have one? Uh,
2: yeah, my bold prediction is Michigan's going to get 15 and 10 out of, I don't know who they're going to play at the center position, whoever John Beline can find in on campus. But they will get 15 points and 10 rebounds a game from the flat position.
0: Yeah, I think, Um, again, this is kind of maybe it's not even a bold prediction, but uh, I think Michigan's offense is going to be right where it's been the last few years, which uh, – you know to an outsider might not sound impressive especially when i just went through that whole rant but um, <laughs> um i think it is pretty impressive when you're considering you're losing the big 10 player of the year uh Glenn Robinson III who was i think honorable mention for Big 10 and um Jordan Morgan who was a fifth year senior i think uh i think that would be pretty huge if michigan could stay right up there and i think it would just speak volumes about john Beeline as a coach but um so that's that's my bowl prediction. Um, but moving into the uh as I said last time, the meat of our uh podcast here. Um, what's your predictions for Michigan? Um, big ten finish, are they gonna make the postseason? Uh what tournament, how far? Um, Alex we'll start with you. Okay, um I think they finished tied for second with um maybe one or two other teams behind Wisconsin in the league. I think they get maybe a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament, and I think they're probably a roughly top-20 team nationally. All right. Um, Josh, what do you see?
2: Yeah, I was actually working on my preview for, uh, for BT Powerhouse, so then I have them exactly there at a four or a five seed. Um, yep, I think second sounds about right. I mean, I don't know how good Wisconsin's going to be, but seeing that they bring essentially everyone back means I think Michigan will, will probably not win um, the Big Ten. Um, yeah, and then I see them as, a, a, yeah, like Alex said, four or five, see probably a Sweet 16 team. Um, but I'm, I was thinking, I was looking, are they good enough to beat if they end up as a 4C and have to play in Arizona or a Kentucky or Duke or someone that just is loaded? So I think I think Sweet 16 is reasonable for this team for this year.
0: Yeah, I think um I, I have them second in the Big Ten. Um I think part of that's just I don't have the guts to pick anybody over Wisconsin. But uh I actually um I think this week or maybe early next week I actually have a piece coming out for uh, Wolverine two four seven about um what Michigan can do to repeat as Big Ten champions and uh one thing one thing I just wanna note, um real quick and I'm not again I'm not picking Michigan over Wisconsin. Um I'm not that dumb. But uh, <laughs> but uh Michigan only has to play Wisconsin once this year and it's in Ann Arbor. And I've already said this, I would be willing to set my house that college game day's there. I think it's gonna be a huge hyped game. It's on a Saturday. Um I think Michigan can win that game. I definitely do. I mean obviously we haven't seen the teams yet, but um if they win that game, um that's a huge uh, help towards winning the Big Ten. And uh, the thing is, is if you look back, at least over the last you know five, six years, usually the Big Ten is only decided by a couple games. So if Michigan wins that, maybe catches a break, you know, Wisconsin, they're going to be the, the team everybody's gunning for. You know, maybe they get upset. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for number one, but um, I definitely – I still have them second. But uh, I think – I think you're generally on there. I think four or five is probably kind of accurate. Um, maybe maybe I would even push to like a three, but uh, obviously that's going to come down to the games we were talking about. You know, going to Arizona, facing M at uh, not MSU but uh, SMU at home, um, facing Syracuse at home. If they if they knock off some of those teams, you know, they could be seated really high, but uh, obviously a big challenge. But yeah, I'm predicting an NCAA tournament uh, second in the Big Ten. I think it'll be a it'll be another good year uh in Ann Arbor. But um yeah, before before we go here, uh do you have any final thoughts on uh Michigan, uh the Big 10, anything else going on here? Um Alex, will uh, go to you first. Um to be completely honest, I think we covered everything pretty well. <laughs> All right. Uh, Josh, any any final thoughts?
2: Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a really fun year in the Big Ten. I mean, everybody has Wisconsin kind of as top dog right now, but I'm, I'm I read your piece. You mentioned this too. There are five or six teams that could kind of finish anywhere from two through seven, two through eight. Um, you know, I don't think there's any one team that's the first second that's shoulders above anybody else. Um, so I think it'll be for an awesome conference year. I think there's some really nice new players. There's guys like. Kaminsky that kinda of came out of nowhere that are gonna be household names by the end of this year, so I think it'll be a really fun year.
0: Yeah, I definitely I definitely agree. I'm excited for uh things to kick off. I think Michigan starts next Monday with an exhibition. But um yeah, we'll be we'll be here to the uh the season before too long. But uh alright, yeah. Before before we go, thank you guys both for uh calling in and uh chatting with Michigan. Um as a reminder that Alex Cook, he writes for MGO Blog um, you can follow him, I think it's Alex Cook six one six on Twitter. Yep. And uh thanks for okay. having me on. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um thank, thanks for joining us. And uh um Josh Stern, he writes for uh BT Powerhouse, um, right here. I'm sure you've seen a lot of his Michigan coverage. I think there's more to come. And uh I think it's like JM Stern twenty three on Twitter if you want to follow him. Yep, exactly. Okay. Um well all right. Thanks guys for calling in and uh look forward to chatting with you guys again and uh as we get closer to the big Ten season. <laughs>
2: all right. Thanks for right.
0: Us. Yep, yep. Thanks. <laughs> and uh all right, well um thanks for uh thanks for listening to our show. Um went a little a little long with our Michigan talk here but uh like I said I was uh, pretty pumped to get Uh, talk about them but yeah thanks for tuning in Um, we'll be back hopefully early next week with our final team preview podcast which is going to have the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Wisconsin Badgers which everybody is excited to hear about Um, the final four team returning just about everything um, predicted to go back to the final four Um, Wisconsin's a team to watch and everybody wants to hear about them so uh Definitely check that podcast out next time. Um, As for today, I'm Thomas Bendit. I'm the manager over at Big Ten Powerhouse. Um, You can check me out on Twitter at TBendit. Um, And other than that, thanks for calling in. Bye.